0: diet and stress a kinship carers victoria podcast this podcast is part of a series on kinship carer self-care and well-being it was recorded and produced on jara country the land of the jaja Wurung people and we extend our ongoing respect to all kulin nation peoples the traditional custodians of these lands and pay respect to the elders both past and present future and emerging, and to the deep knowledge of the land that is embedded within the Indigenous communities.
1: I would go for a lot of junk food when I was stressed. It was quite easy to go get a chocolate bar or a packet of chips.
2: I'm skipping meals, absolutely. I don't have an appetite. It's it's a chore, and I've found that's what's happened over the past few years.
0: In the past, a diet was something you went on for a short period of time, usually with the aim of losing weight, but now there are whole diet movements such as paleo, keto and raw foods. There's a lot of information out there about how, what and when to eat, and some of it can be quite overwhelming and confusing. Kinship carers' roles in families can be stressful, complicated and very busy too. So a carer may not always have time to carefully prepare a meal for themselves and their family, or be able to afford specialised foods or supplements. We spoke with two Victorian carers, their names are not published for privacy reasons, who shared details of their family circumstances and their relationship with food.
2: I became a carer over 10 years ago. Yeah, um, I got a phone call that that my grandchild wasn't going to go home with, with the mother, which is my daughter, and yeah, so I went to the court and um, he came home with me and then I got his sister, you know, not long after that, when she was born, I was still raising my own children, I still had a couple of children at home still that I was raising and then uh, then I've got the grandchildren and I'm raising then, and it, it affects it. You've still got to try to be present for your own children that you're raising and then be present for the for the grandchildren. So it's extremely difficult. I try to make healthy options first. Nutrition is important to me. Um, although depending on how I'm feeling, this tends to show in what I make. So we will eat like a lot of salads. I'll find that we don't need as many veggies because it's a preparation, not for the peeling of the spuds and whatnot. So I find it's easier to make salads But we'll have fresh chicken and fish and steak and whatnot. I will buy packaged a pre-packaged lasagna and frozen meals, but I always read the packaging for the most healthiest options the kids eat a lot of fruit and they eat a lot of dairy. I don't like the kids eating junk and I really try to steer from that you know even if we have a takeaway we try I try to make the healthiest choice as possible. Oh, a few months back now there was a time I was eating too many carbs like especially bread. I'm not sort of doing that at the moment I'm quite conscious of it so if I'm sort of stressed like I've lost my I lose my appetite that's what I seem to do and it and eating becomes a chore so I I aim to um, make a smoothie so it's just a liquid or I'll buy buy the the lady shake. Um, I feel like it's got some nutritional value in it.
1: So I had a trip to Paris organised. Everything paid for for four weeks and two weeks before I was about to leave, 10 o'clock at night, the police knocked on my door with this tiny little baby which is the granddaughter I've got. She ended up staying in my care. If you had to do appointments or you had to go to court and you just were on the go all the time, so it was quite easy just to to skip a meal. And that made me feel really lethargic and I ate more at dinner time. It really affected my energy levels to the point. The next day I just got washed out, but then I would get up and I had a busy day and I'd do the same thing again. I planned my day a lot better. So if I was um, cutting my granddaughter a sandwich and fruit for kinder or school, I would always make sure I would cut myself similar so that I could just have it in the fridge and pick it up as I'm running out the door. My diet now, my granddaughter is um, a lot older. It's really, really good. And since since I went and seeked out help, I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It just, my body's, yeah, back into that routine well you know every carer puts their children first you come last (laughs) you know you could speak to a thousand carers and they'd all tell you the same thing but over the years you learn you really learn and seek for help and you realize you have to come first
0: We spoke next with Nikki Valentini, a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner and director of Supernature Nutrition. Nikki is an avid cook and has catered for wellness retreats for more than 10 years. Good food is her passion. Nikki uses a holistic medicine approach to nutrition, combined with rigorous evidence-based research and functional medicine testing.
3: One of the most important things I find is balance. So not fad diets and going intensely on things because often people rebound when they go into fad diets and extreme diets. So when you think about balance being managing your food in a way that you're having three, two or three, depending on your age, meals a day that are nutritious and balanced with protein and fat and carbohydrate. So everything in moderation, I use the 80-20 rule. If 80% of the time you're eating decent food, that's just food, and 20% of the time you do whatever you like, that's a good
0: start. It's a good place to be. The link between a balanced diet and a person's capacity to deal with stress and trauma-related behaviours has been well documented in international studies. Certain foods and nutrients have been shown to help us deal better with stress and anxiety, while other types of foods have been linked to increases in these feelings and even to other psychological issues. Nikki explains.
3: So from a baseline, I would say whole foods are so important. there's that old saying that if your grandmother doesn't recognise it, then it's not food. Even if it's in cans, if you can buy food that is food, not food that has lots of fillers and additives to it, that's a great start with stress and anxiety. The other thing that's really good to consider is foods that produce good moods. So it's, the, it's serotonin-producing foods, foods that make people happy. And they're things like bananas, Um, leafy green vegetables and broccoli, nuts and seeds like sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds. Um, Bitter greens can be like watercress and rocket. They're good foods to eat for digestion. Eggs are also high in, in serotonin and salmon, fish like salmon, even if it's tinned salmon. Foods like that are really good for building good feelings in the body. They work with the gut really well. They balance everything out. They're good foods. There's a lot of foods that you can buy pre-packaged in the supermarket that sound really good, but they've got um, different thickeners in there, starches. If you look at starches and if you look at things like um, the corn syrup, the high fructose corn syrup. So the starches for one, they they actually coat the intestinal lining and they stop other things being absorbed well. And the more foods with these processed starches in them that we eat, the more we kind of clag up. The lining of the intestine and stop all the other good things we might eat going really being absorbed and going through so that's that's one part of it the the high fructose corn syrup which is in a lot of foods that we eat is in one it's been hydrolyzed to the point where our body doesn't actually recognize it so our body goes it goes in and our body goes What is this? What am I going to do with this? But it's it makes your blood sugar go crazy and your blood sugar, when it goes crazy, is a stress response in the body. So um, it's such a high refined sugar that it goes straight into your body, straight through like a sugar and it sets off all these little alarm bells, which is stress. It's a stress on the body. So stress can manifest just with a, a sugar high. That's a type of stress because then when you come down off that high, it will lower your mood. It changes the way, again, this serotonin works in your body, which serotonin is a happy hormone. So the more you consume those things, the more you're on a roller coaster of up and down, that you then end up fairly down. Yep, it depletes the good hormones in the body, the happy hormones in the body. Always looking for the additives. And if you can, just going for the fresh produce, Meats, grains, and fresh produce. That's all you really need. You know, treats are fine in there, but really try and get those things in, in the day. I'm not really into saying don't have treats, but I'm saying, look, look what's in everything, check. Become obsessed with reading the labels.
0: (laughs) When we talk about our gut, we mean our gastrointestinal system, which includes the stomach, small intestine, and colon. Gut health plays a huge role in both our mental and physical health and can have a significant impact on how we feel day to day. Research suggests that a flourishing network of gut bacteria can help your immune cells differentiate between normal, healthy cells and harmful invader organisms. So gut health and immunity are deeply interconnected. There is also a connection between your gut and your mind.
3: Gut health is Basically, it's a complete balance in the ecosystem of the gut. So the gut has millions of strains of bacteria and viruses and fungi and yeast, and they're all doing different things in there. It sort of governs all of the biochemical processes in our bodies. So we know that um, a balanced biome or the microbiome in there is one that helps create happy hormones in the body. So it helps create the serotonin I mentioned, and dopamine, so you're less likely to grab for sugary things because you're feeling happy enough. And the way that we get that diversity is eating diversity of plants, particularly plants. We need protein to build our bodies and our muscles and all sorts of things, but the plants feed, the and particularly a variety of plants, feed what's in there. Gut health-related conditions uh, we're seeing are so prevalent now, which is stress, anxiety, depression, aches and pains, fatigue. These And they all come under a lot of umbrellas of disease and conditions, but those, they're, they're all affected by your gut. So if you work with having all this variety, you will get more variety in your microbiome and more variety in your microbiome means more opportunities for all the good bugs to do all the great work that they do. Yep, so you poo well, you sleep well, you feel good, you have energy, you don't have aches and pains, you're less likely to get other chronic diseases. And it's become quite normal to eat whatever. Often takeaway foods are full of sugars and full-on oils, that kind of thing. So just, you know, when you can, takeaway food's great and then bring it back to foods that your grandmother can recognize the vegetables you buy the vegetables even if they're frozen and they're mixed frozen vegetables great use them there's a couple of sayings one is eat the rainbow and often the rainbow that all the colors of food just represents all the types of uh, um, bacteria that are fed they all like all these different colors it's just a good way to to depict that so if you think about that and the other is eat 30 different plants in a week and plants include grains. So if you think of rice and old barley and, you know, whole grains like that, you know, they, they're included. Sometimes it's a very interesting challenge to set yourself to see how many plants did I eat this week? So gut health is diversity in there and not a lot of things that confuse our guts like the fillers I mentioned before or lots of sugars and things which feed the bad bacteria, you know. That's keep it simple. Some of the ways that people can maintain or improve their gut health, the variety that I just mentioned, but also exercise. If you can walk for 10 minutes a day, if you can just walk, and it's sometimes it's really hard to fit that in, but busy lives and lots of responsibilities. Think about it though, if you have to walk to pick someone up or if you were gonna drive there and you could walk it, all of those things make a difference and all of those things help rebalance the gut exercise is so powerful for rebalancing the gut and the other one is managing stress levels so one of the most effective ways to do that is meditation Um, there's many many studies proving that we can actually rebalance our gut and support our gut through through meditation specifically but any relaxation techniques you know if you put some gentle music on for five or ten minutes before you fall asleep or you listen to a podcast that has a meditation any of those things will bring your body down and when your body is less stressed you, the microbes rebalance they come they they kind of work with you they're so symbiotic with you that you can virtually move them around i advocate a lot for bringing in doable and simple things and just doing them regularly. Don't expect all the results straight away, but just keep doing them because you will see things happen, even amongst busy, crazy lives.
1: I'd be 100% sure when I was having trouble with the gut health that um, my stress levels were a lot higher. I felt less want to do things um, because I know if you don't um, get out and do something physical, that irritates your your, your gut as well. So I've, I've learned since then to go for at least 10 minute walk.
2: I think as you get older, it really hits home. Like it really affects whatever you eat and you whatever you consume and drink. It has an effect on your skin and your, and your emotions and... Um, your body weight and and your well-being in general when i don't feel that hungry or i find it's too much effort to make myself something like i'll resort to having the lady shake i bought that and just thought well at least that's something when i find it too hard for me to eat or make something for myself so my question would be is the lady shake is nutritional as as it, it states
3: yes yeah, so with pre-packaged shakes you i always urge people to read the ingredients and there are varied shakes out there they can be quite expensive. So it, instead of buying an expensive uh, powder, if you have a blender, just get a banana and put some milk in, put some protein powder in, just a simple one that's like a whey, whey isolate or a, um, a hemp seed one or a pea protein. There's also a brown rice protein. They're just powders that you can buy in the supermarket. Add that, add a raw egg if you can tolerate that, whizz it up and drink it. Because it doesn't have, and milk obviously, it doesn't have some of the fillers that are in some of those things. And those fillers, as I mentioned before, really complicate digestion. So they're not necessarily doing you a favor. They may also have sugars in them. And those sugars, again, we go back to that fluctuation um, of sugar in the body, which doesn't help mood at all. Even if you just go for the milk and the and a simple protein powder and you put some cinnamon or some vanilla or something in there and if you don't have a blender, that's also a great thing to do. It's a really easy option rather than the fillers. But as I said, you can get some that don't have fillers. But, you know, I think there's a lot of theme here about reading the, the packets of the things you're buying because they will honestly make a difference ongoing to your own... Um, to your own health, um, and as for any alternatives um, with um, nutritional value for for when you're having trouble finding time to eat, I would say honestly, boil an egg. Just boil an egg. If you can wrap it in some lettuce leaves or something, great. There's a, there's a spectrum of, of nutrients in there. They're good for protein. They help stabilize the blood sugar. They have choline in them, which is really great for brain function and clarity and energy in your brain. The egg has good fats in it. So good fats will, one, fill you up. It gives you clearer brain function and it's it won't destabilize your blood sugar. So, you know, I often tell people, can you just take a boiled egg with you? That's a great a great way to snack.
1: I always liked learning new stuff. What I actually would like to know is what supplements should I be taking now as I'm older?
3: There's many things you can take depending on you. But generally speaking, I think magnesium. Magnesium helps uh, calcium basically in the body. If you have a, the right balance of magnesium, you're putting the right balance of magnesium into your, uh, of calcium into your bones. So it's a good, and it's also a really good relaxing um, supplement. And particularly if you've uh, passed through menopause, you there's a lot of mechanisms in the body that, that make it easier to be stressed. And magnesium is the great de-stressor. So magnesium, it can help you sleep, it can help with muscles, Um, B vitamins are also really good and it sounds a little bit generic, but B vitamins actually support the liver to do all of the amazing things the liver does in the body. The processing of, um, foods and, and emotions and alcohol and drugs and all of those things. They help the liver, uh, break it all down and push it out of the body. What you don't need. So B vitamins, so good fish oil is the other one. We don't get enough good fat and fish oils are an omega-3 type of fat, which you possibly heard of before. We often get a lot of these omega-6 fats. Omega-6 fats are um, seed oils like canola oil and um, rapeseed oil and sunflower oil and the vegetable oils. Those are actually inflammatory oils. And while they're okay to use sometimes, you're better off using olive oil, but the fish oils are anti-inflammatory. They help produce serotonin in the body. So again, calming and soothing. Um, so, And they're great, particularly our skin starts to dry out as we get older, that kind of thing. It really supports the skin and the oils in the skin and reduces inflammation in the body, which is a, you know, a source of lots of issues later. I have full admiration for people who are in a caring space, I often think of these things um, with people who are really busy and have a lot on their plates and virtually no time, Is it's keep going, there's one step in front of the other. I often tell people around this about changing their habits, it's one step, do not get caught up in it didn't work, it's not okay, just take one step, I'm just here taking one step and the noise all around me is the noise all around me and here I am still taking one step in front of the other. And all the little things that you do, all the little changes that it m- might seem insignificant to breathe for five minutes before you fall asleep or to just not have a one extra drink, they're actually hugely impactful. Just having a bit of protein for breakfast can be hugely impactful. It's subtle. When we're busy and we don't get the chance to
0: reflect enough, it is impactful. So the takeaway messages from our conversation with Nikki are quite clear. Work with the 80 to 20 rule, with 80% of what you eat being healthy food. Choose whole foods and foods your grandmother would recognize. Avoid foods with additives and fillers. Include some protein in every meal and try to aim for three meals a day. Avoid snacking if you can, especially late at night. Aim to eat a variety of plant-based foods. And remember, as Nikki stressed, not to punish yourself for eating certain wrong foods, but instead try to increase your awareness of why you might be craving certain foods and what effect they have on your mood. If you want to change your eating habits, then small incremental steps are a great way to be able to make any changes more permanent. In the next podcast in this series, We'll explore other ways to look after yourself through exercise, relaxation techniques, and sleeping well, and also how taking up new hobbies and expanding your interests supports well-being. This podcast was made possible by generous support from the Department of Families, Fairness and Housing, and the Carer Cafe.